When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In today's show, Bitcoin faces $15,000 crash as U.S. sparks financial meltdown. According to Arthur Hayes, the ex-Bitmex CEO, I'll be breaking this down for you. And Trader Miles says yields and U.S. dollar currency index is down, inflation down, and rate hikes are slowing. Hollow wave points to a parabolic move, targeting 100 to $130,000 Bitcoin price in quarter one or quarter two until proven otherwise. Now for a fascinating fact, $1 investment into Bitcoin back in 2008. Nine is now worth a whopping $30 million. Let that sink in. Also in today's show, FTX CEO says he is exploring rebooting the exchange. That's right. According to this latest report, FTX trading doing business as FTX.com was one of roughly 130 companies under FTX Group that filed for bankruptcy following the firm's reported liquidity crunch in November. Also in today's show, Nexo agrees to the $45 million settlement with the SEC and states over the earned product. Also breaking news, crypto lender Genesis files for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. That's right, the inevitable. The crypto lender has become the latest firm to throw in the towel following the collapse of FTX filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in New York. Also be breaking down crypto Twitter's reaction to this breaking news. Also in today's show, Satoshi will laugh at you all, says JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon, mocking Bitcoin and crypto with devastating price prediction. Also be sharing a response to Jamie Dimon from years back, a classic from Max Kaiser, where he calls Jamie Dimon the devil and Satan. So stay tuned. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost, a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. And welcome everyone just tuning in to today's live show, pod episode number 1169. I am your host, JV. Today is January 20th, 2023, and we have lots to cover. So let's dive right in. Check, checking out today's crypto market watch. We can see all the major cryptos minus Binance coin are pumping back in the green with Bitcoin up one and a quarter percent trading above 21,100. We have Ether up 2% trading back above $1,500. And as you can see, all the alts are pumping and checking out coinmarketcap.com. We can see the current crypto market cap sitting at $983 billion, still under that $1 trillion milestone, which I look at as the line in the sand with only 39 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. That is pretty slow. The Bitcoin dominance at 41.4% with the Ether dominance at 19.4%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers in the past 24 hours. Believe it or not, Nexo, the one who has to pay the 
$5 million fine to the SEC is up 17% today, trading just under 85 cents, followed by synthetics up 12%, trading at 240, followed by Rocket Pool up 12%, trading just under $36. Below that, we have FXS and ApeCoin, followed by Ravencoin and Aptos. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past week, massive gains for the overall crypto market. FTT up 64%. We have Mana up 45%. We got CVX up 40%. And FXS up a whopping 53%. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, you can see we're currently rated neutral, which is a 51. Yesterday was in fear at a 45. Last week, a 31. And last month, a 26 in fear. So there you have it. Welcome again, everyone tuning in. I appreciate all the support in the live chat. As always, let's dive into today's Bitcoin technical analysis and check out some of the charts and a potential $15,000 Bitcoin crash warning from Arthur Hayes. Bitcoin's current rally should likely not be taken as the start of a new bull run, Hayes says in a fresh treatise on U.S. macroeconomic policy, warning that crypto assets will get smoke when the Fed policy flips from restrictive to liberal. Now, with U.S. inflation easing, the Fed is the focus of practically every crypto analyst this year as they estimate the likelihood of a policy pivot away from quantitative tightening and interest rate hikes to flat and then decreasing rates and potentially even quantitative easing. This essentially involves a move away from draining the economy of liquidity to injecting it back in. And while that practice led to new all-time highs for Bitcoin beginning in 2020, the same phenomenon would not be plain sailing next time around, Haves believes. Is quitting him here if a removal of half a trillion dollars in 2022 created the worst bond and stock performance in a few hundred years. Imagine what will happen if double that amount is removed in 2023. Check it. The reaction of the markets when money is injected versus withdrawn is not symmetrical. And as such, I expect that the law of unintended consequences will bite the Fed in the ass as it continues to withdraw liquidity. And as such, rather than a smooth transition away from quantitative tightening, Hayes is betting on on extreme circumstances, forcing the Fed to act, quoting him again here, some part of the U.S. credit markets breaks, which leads to financial meltdown across the board swath of financial assets, he explained. And in a response similar to the action it took in March of 2020, the Fed calls an emergency press conference and stops quantitative tightening, cuts rates significantly, and recommences quantitative easing by purchasing bonds once more. This in turn means risky asset prices crater. Now bonds, equities, and every crypto under the sun all get smoked as the glue that holds together the global USD-based financial system dissolves, he shares. Current estimates, as shown by the CME Group's Fed Watch tool, overwhelmingly favor the Fed, lowering the pace of rate hikes at its next decision on February 1st. Now Hayes is far from alone in being suspicious of the Bitcoin price action. Check it as uh, commentators wager that new macro lows will still appear with Bitcoin taken out its floor from the fourth quarter of 2022. Those taking a leap of faith and piling in now thus face serious risks before reward. This scenario is less ideal because it would mean that everyone who is buying risky assets now would have in store for massive drawdowns in performance. 2023 could be just as bad as 2022 until the Fed pivots, he wrote. And if that means a retest of the 2022 lows, the area between 15 and 16,000 dollars will be a key zone of interest going forward. I will know that the market has probably bottomed because the crash that happens when the system temporarily breaks will either hold the previous 
an $800 lows or it won't. And he continues, it doesn't really matter what level is ultimately reached on the downdraft because I know the Fed will subsequently move to print money and avert another financial collapse, which will in turn mark the local bottom of all risky assets. And then I get another setup similar to March 2020, which requires me to back up the truck and purchase crypto with two hands and a shovel. That's right. BTFD, jump on it. Bitcoin faces a drop of 15,000 or lower as part of the mass risk asset capitulation. He says, let me know if you agree or disagree with Arthur Hayes. And hypothetically speaking, if we did crash the 15,000, how many of you would seize the moment and buy that dip? Let me know in the comments below. Now, another trader, Miles, says yields and U.S. dollar currency index is down. Inflation is down. The rate hikes are slowing. And HODL wave points to a parabolic move targeting 100 to 130,000 our Bitcoin price in quarter one or quarter two until proven otherwise. So we still have some very bullish analysts who are predicting still a six-figure Bitcoin price this year. And now for an interesting fact, just a dollar investment into Bitcoin back in 2009 is now worth a whopping 30 million, I almost said trillion dollars, maybe one day, but is now worth $30 million. Can you believe that? Let that sink in. Just goes to show you, HODL, be thy name. And with that being shared, let me know if you guys are currently short-term bullish or bearish on the King Crypto. Holla at your boy. And with that being shared, now let's break down the latest of what's going on with FTX as there are rumors of it rebooting like Matrix Reloaded. You can't make this stuff up, folks. John Ray the third, who took over as CEO of crypto exchange FTX prior to the bankruptcy proceedings, reportedly set up a task force to consider restarting FTX.com. And according to a January 19th report from the Wall Street Journal, Ray said that everything was on the table when it came to the future of FTX.com, including a potential path forward with rebooting the exchange. FTX Trading doing business as FTX.com was one of the roughly 130 companies under FTX Group that filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy back in November. Ray reportedly was considering reviving the crypto exchange as part of efforts to make users whole. Sure. FTX reported on January 17th that it had identified roughly $5.5 billion worth of liquid assets in its investigations with more than $3 billion owed to its top 50 creditors. And according to the FTX CEO, he considered feedback from some stakeholders who saw the exchange as a viable business. Now, in my humble and personal opinion, I think that the retailers who lost collectively billions of dollars should be made whole first and not creditors. The collapse of FTX and subsequent criminal charges of many of its executives sent ripples through the crypto space in 2022. Former Alameda Research CEO Caroline Ellison and FTX co-founder Gary Wang pleaded guilty to the fraud charges, while Ray's predecessor, Sam Bankman-Fried, has largely denied the allegations against him. How many of you actually feel he is innocent? Nobody thought so. He pleaded not guilty and is scheduled to appear in court October for his trial. Ray was reportedly assisted by Wang and Ellison in tracking down some of the company's assets, but he frequently traded barbs with Bankman Freed. The former CEO claimed that he had been pressured by law firm Sullivan and Crowell and FTX U.S. General Counsel into naming Ray as the head of FTX prior to the firm's bankruptcy. Ray has also said that Bankman Freed no longer has any role at the exchange and cannot speak on its behalf. So shut up, SBF, is what they're ultimately saying. We don't need to be in dialogue with him, Ray reportedly said, referring to Bankman Freed. He hasn't told us anything that I don't 
already know. <laughs> Makes a great point. SBF said in January 12th post that a pre-mortem overview of FTX that the exchange were to reboot. It might be possible to reimburse customers with assets on hand. The team handling the bankruptcy proceedings and Bankman Freed have publicly disagreed on approaching calculating FTX's balance sheet with the former CEO claiming that FTX was fully solvent. So how do you feel this is likely to play out? And for the million dollar question, if FTX was likely to reboot, how many of you would feel comfortable or safe and actually use that crypto exchange. I couldn't imagine anyone actually using it. But then again, we live in a clown world and anything is possible. So let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down yonder. And I greatly appreciate that. And now let's break down our next story of the day and another massive lawsuit settlement from Nexo with the SEC of 45 million dollars. And let's uh, break this down. Crypto lender Nexo Capital agreed to pay 45 mil in penalties to the U.S. SEC and North American uh, Securities Administrator Association for failing to register the offer and sale of its earned interest product, EIP. The news was announced by the SEC and NASAA in two separate statements January 19th. According to the statement from the SEC, Nexo agreed to pay $22.5 million penalty and seize its unregistered offer and sale of the EIP to U.S. investors. The additional $22.5 mil will be paid in fines to settle similar charges by state regulatory authorities, the report said. Now, NASAA said in the statement that the settlement in principle comes after investigations into Nexo's alleged offer and sale of securities after the past year of investigations. And during the investigation, it was discovered that EIP investors could passively earn interest on digital assets by loaning those assets to Nexo. Nexo maintained total discretion over the revenue generating activities utilized to earn returns for investors. The company offered and promoted the EIP and other products to investors in the U.S. via its website and social media channels, suggesting in some instances that investors could obtain returns as high as 36%. Is stated. The SEC stated in the settlement negotiations, the commission took into consideration the level of cooperation and the remedial acts promptly undertaken by Nexo in addressing their shortfalls. And SEC Chairman Gary Gensler shared the following. We charged Nexo with failing to register its retail crypto lending product before offering it to the public, bypassing essential disclosure requirements designed to protect Investors, But as we all know, Gary Gensler and the SEC is doing anything and everything but protecting investors. It looks like another massive shakedown from the regulators, if you're to ask me. And I'm also curious, did Nexo have any warning that they were going to be uh, paying this crazy fine by the SEC for selling the alleged unregistered securities? Or did the SEC blindly turn a cheek and not say anything like they did with the Winklevoss's earned product. It's interesting to note. Uh, compliance with our time-tested public policies isn't a choice. Where crypto companies do not comply, we'll continue to follow the facts and the law to hold them accountable. In this case, among other actions, Nexo is seizing its unregistered lending product. As to all U.S. investors, he added, while the firm didn't categorically admit or deny the findings from the SEC investigation, Nexo's settlement came on the back of a cease-and-desist order agreement prohibiting the firm from violating any provisions of the Securities Act of 1933. That's almost 100 years ago when this act was made, just saying. Now, NASAA also explained that the investigation was conducted by at least 17 separate state securities regulators who agreed to the terms set out 
in the Nexo settlement. And while those states weren't named, Nexo will pay 424000 fine to each. Nexo confirmed the news to his 288,000 followers in a tweet yesterday, quoting them here. Nexo has reached a final landmark resolution with the U.S. SEC, the North American Securities Administrator Association, consisting of all 50 U.S. states and three territories, and the Attorney General of New York. Now, U.S. federal regulators did not allege any fraud or misleading business practices, Nexo said. Nexo's co-founder, Antonio Trenchev, said the firm is relieved to reach settlements in the United States. But I'm sure he is cursing behind closed doors, right? We are content with this unified resolution, which unequivocally puts an end to all speculations around Nexo's relations to the United States. We can now focus on what we do best, build seamless financial solutions for our worldwide audience. And earlier this month, January 12th, Bulgarian prosecutors began searching Nexo's Bulgarian offices for allegedly being involved in a large-scale money laundering scheme as well as violations with Russia's international sanctions. Why is it always Russia? They point the finger at the SEC and regulators. Isn't it wild? They just took down a Russian exchange nobody has ever heard of. On January 16th, Nexo took action of its own against the Cayman Islands Monetary Authority for placing too much weight on regulators' enforcement actions and its decision to deny its virtual asset service provider registration. Now, Nexo Capital has offered a variety of trading, borrowing, and lending services to retail and institutional customers in the U.S. since it was established in the Cayman Islands in 2018. So there you have it. What are your thoughts surrounding this crypto crackdown by the SEC and them shaking down major exchanges and companies for large sums of money, in this case, $45 million? Let me know your thoughts in the comments right down below, which leads us to some breaking news, which everyone is talking about right now, and that's Genesis officially announcing that their Chapter 11 bankruptcy, which they just filed. Let's break this down, shall we? Crypto lender Genesis has filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the Southern District in New York. The firm estimated liabilities of $1 billion to $10 billion and assets in the same range, according to the January 19th filing. Earlier reports claim the company has been considering filing for bankruptcy protection if it was unable to raise capital to stem its liquidity crisis. In the January 19th press release, Genesis said it has been engaged in discussions with its advisors to its creditors and corporate parent <coughs> company, the digital currency group known as DCG, to evaluate the most effective path to preserve assets and to move the business forward. Quoting them here, Genesis has now commenced a court-supervised restructuring process to further advance these discussions. The company's Chapter 11 plan seems or sees to be contemplating a dual-track process pursuing a sale, capital raise, and or an equitization transaction that would apparently enable the business to emerge under new ownership. The derivative spot trading broker-dealer and custody businesses of Genesis are not a part of the Chapter 11 proceedings and will continue operations according to the firm. It also claimed to have more than $150 million in cash on hand that it believes will provide ample liquidity to support its ongoing business business operations and facilitate the restructuring process. The restructuring process will be led by an independent specialist committee of the company's board of directors, said Genesis. The process is aimed at providing an optimal outcome for Genesis clients and Gemini earn users. The firm suspended withdrawals from its platform in November of 2022 amid the market turbulence caused by the collapse of FTX. The move impacted users of Gemini Earn, which we all know, the yield-bearing product for users of the Gemini crypto exchange managed by Genesis, which is owned 
owned by uh, the Winklevoss twins. They tweeted the bankruptcy is a crucial step towards Gemini users being able to recover their assets, but claimed that DCG and its CEO, Barry Silbert, continue to refuse to offer creditors a fair deal and threaten to file a lawsuit unless Barry and DCG come to their senses. Quoting Winklevoss here, unless Barry and DCG come to their senses and make a fair offer to creditors, we will be filing a lawsuit against Barry and DCG imminently. Now, both Genesis and Gemini are facing charges from the U.S. SEC for allegedly offering unregistered securities through the EARN program. Fears are mounting over Genesis's parent company, DCG, as it may have to sell part of its $500 million venture capital portfolio to try to offset the Genesis liabilities. And on January 17th, DCG halted dividend payments in a move aimed at reducing operating expenses and preserving liquidity. The sale of its crypto media outlook, uh, Coindesk, is also reportedly being weighed with which could net DCG $200 million. Isn't that wild? That's right. And now, did you know that Coindesk was actually purchased by DCG uh, for $500,000 back in 2016? And now what, uh, like seven, eight years later, it's now being offered for $200 million? Not too shabby of a come up, but when you got the SEC knocking on your door, you got to do what you got to do as the shakedowns continue. You know, it's very interesting to see how this plays out. But being this is such a big story, next I want to discuss all the reactions in the crypto community regarding uh, basically uh, Genesis filing for this uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy. So let's uh, break this down, uh, shall we? Some believe that the winners of all of these events will be bankruptcy lawyers. Obviously, according to a community member who claimed to be a Voyager creditor, customer funds will be used to pay millions to lawyers. And in the end, no one will be held accountable. It's the unfortunate sad truth, as pointed out here by Coin Bureau. Genesis just filed for Chapter 11. Bankruptcy lawyers are making bank on crypto bankruptcies. You can say that again. Now, Gemini co-founder Cameron Winklevoss pointed out the bankruptcy is good news and a step towards Gemini users getting their money back. But still, a community member called out the Winklevoss tweet and reiterated, that only the victims are the users. And according to the user, Gemini is also guilty for not doing its due diligence on Genesis way of doing business before partnering with them. Meanwhile, a crypto analyst created an illustration of how crypto firms were potentially connected throughout the recent bankruptcies the industry faced. And according to the analyst, the Genesis bankruptcy will reveal crypto's leverage cycle. As pointed out here, Genesis bankruptcy is going to reveal the entire crypto leverage cycle and seemingly sick and tired of the negativity that's surrounds the space. Some community members expressed their lack of trust in crypto companies. A Twitter user said that people couldn't trust United States-based companies anymore as they were all connected. Dogecoin creator Billy Marcus also commented on the issue, dubbing the entire concept of crypto lending as stupid and calling everyone involved an idiot. So there you have it. Let me know your thoughts surrounding that latest controversy and how you think think will likely to play out heading into the future here as we, uh, you know, continue to kick off 2023. And with that being shared, now let's break down our next story of the day, which was pretty much viral all across all the financial markets uh, just the other day. And that's Jamie Dimon being interviewed. I think it was CNBC, one of the major networks, and ultimately going back to his theory that Bitcoin is nothing more than a pet rock. You can't make this stuff up, folks. So let's discuss some of his FUD and then uh, some classic Max Kaiser reactions to Jamie Dimon, which I love to share. So let's break this down, shall we? JP Morgan's longtime chief executive uh, is no longer a fan of Bitcoin or other 
public cryptos despite his bank developing its own blockchain and digital currency. The Bitcoin price has swung widely over the last few years, as we know, rocketing to almost 70000 per Bitcoin back in November of 2021 and then crashing back, as we all know. Now, Diamond has called Bitcoin a waste of time and questioned what will happen when Bitcoin supply peaks at 21 million coins, something that is not expected to happen until, well, into the next century, which is ironic now, isn't it? This is uh, the fraudster himself, Jamie Diamond. Now, here you go. Do you know, uh, quoting him here, how do you know it's going to stop at 21 million? Diamond asked the NBC reporter on the sidelines of the World Economic Forum in Davos, who said Bitcoin's fixed supply made it a scarce store of value comparable to digital gold. Everyone says that, Diamond said. Well, maybe it is going to get to 21 million, and Bitcoin's mysterious founder, Satoshi's pitcher, is going to come up and laugh at you all. He literally said that verbatim. Satoshi Nakamoto, the anonymous person or group that published Bitcoin's white paper back in 08, apparently abandoned the project shortly after the launch, saying they had moved on to other things. Now, theoretically, Bitcoin's so-called hard cap of just over 21 million coins could be changed via a similar process that saw some of the Bitcoin community attempt to raise the number of transactions Bitcoin can process in 2017. The attempt led to the new version of Bitcoin splitting off from the network, renamed Bitcoin Cash, which is the fake fraudster version of the king crypto quoting them here i think all of that is a waste of time and why do these guys waste any breath on it it's beyond me diamond who called bitcoin worthless in 2021 amid the huge COVID era price pump and first branded it a fraud back in 2017 bitcoin itself is a hyped up fraud diamond reiterated it is a pet rock diamond also asked about the efforts by blackrock the world's largest asset manager to build out crypto infrastructure last year blackrock partnered with u.s listed bitcoin and crypto exchange coinbase to make crypto directly available to institutional investors and launched an institutional investor-focused spot Bitcoin private trust that tracks the Bitcoin price action. That's different, Diamond said, before praising Bitcoin's underlying blockchain technology that underpins other cryptos. We think blockchain will be deployable, but we've been talking about that for 12 years and very little has been done. While the Bitcoin price has suffered an almighty crash over the last year, to say the least, Bitcoin proponents such as Kathy Wood, the chief executive of technology disruption investor, ARK Invest, has pointed to Bitcoin not skipping a beat despite the price crash as evidence of its stability and resilience. And now for some classic Max Kaiser calling Jamie Diamond Satan. I'm actually going to quote this to check out the actual video clip. Be sure to check out my Twitter account, which is Crypto News. Yes. And now for the quote. This is the devil because Jamie Dimon is basically saying that he wants to make money by creating more devilish securities with no collateral instead of simply lobbying for raising interest rates because if you raise interest rates, then you can make money the old-fashioned way, which is the loan money. But Jamie Dimon doesn't want to be a banker. He doesn't want to be in the business of lending money to make money on those loans. He wants to be in the devil business. He is Satan, essentially, and he comes forward with his trifecta of fraud, which is the transformation of the transubstantiation of transcollateral collateralization of the garbage that is wantingly spewed throughout the universe as collateral for his bonus money. That's the devil. That is Satan. Jamie Dimon is Satan. And if you see him on the street, you know what to do. Absolutely, fam. So massive shout out to Max Kaiser for calling Jamie Dimon out back in the day. He's been calling him out on his fraud for over a decade now. So got to give respect where respect is due. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode.